So we've only talked about five movies that heavily reference this one. I guess it's about time we talked about Carrie. And uh, we're also going to throw in the sequel. Today's episode, Carrie versus The Rage, Carrie 2. It's cover like five episodes i don't already? think it's five it's close it's okay there's fear street there's uh jace our uh, friday the 13th the new blood and then to a degree i would say mary lou because she does get mm-hmm. set on fire at prom after being crowned prom queen i'm, I'm counting it the, i think the, they, they, it's it's clear they took inspiration from carrie the abusive parents too yeah super, and the bullies yeah yeah Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere from two movie aficionados? My name is Shady, and I am the left dirty pillow, and with me is the right dirty pillow, John. (laughs) Can you see my dirty pillows? (laughs) I can see your dirty pillows. (laughs) Oh, God. I needed to fit dirty pillows in there somewhere. Of course. The best line in the movie. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today's movies, uh, we are doing the original adaptation of Carrie from 1976, based off of the novel by Stephen King from a screenplay by Lawrence D. Cohen and directed by Brian De Palma. The Rotten Tomatoes score is a 93% fresh and the Metacritic score is an 85 out of 100. And that is out of 14 reviews. Remember, 1976, everyone. So it won't be that big of a number. Yeah. Um, 12 are positive and two are mixed with zero negative. Oh, okay. And the IMDb summary, Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered by her domineering religious mother, unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. Mm. <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> you uh... Like you have more thoughts than that. Uh, I feel like they should have said that the mom was abusive more than domineering, but I guess I'm just picking a different synonym. I'm okay. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're not wrong because I think abusive is less confusing, more direct. Right. And that brings us to the, I'm going to call it a legacy sequel. I'm not even going to call it a sequel remake. Um, but oh, in 19- oh, I'm sorry, a what? A legacy sequel. Legacy sequel. Ooh, I like that. You never heard that? I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lego sequel is when you do a long-awaited sequel to a beloved movie where you combine actors from the original cast with brand new cast members and sort of do it as a handing of the torch off to the new generation. Uh, I mean, really popular right now. We just got Top Gun Maverick, which is a really good Lego sequel. We've got the new Halloween movies take on that um, Tron Legacy. I think that's I think that's where they started using the term Lego sequel because it's called Tron it's called Legacy. Tron, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, in 1999, we get The Rage, Carrie 2, written by Raphael Moreau, based on characters by Stephen King, directed by Kat Shea and an uncredited uh, Robert Mandel. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 24% splat and Metacritic gave it a 42 out of 100. They flipped the numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And that is out of 21 reviews, three positive, 11 mixed, seven negative. Um, And according to IMDb, a horrible massacre strikes up after an outcast teenage girl is taunted by a group of high school jocks, all of them unaware of her cutthroat telekinetic powers. This movie's so stupid. Yeah. (laughs) I I want to throw a factoid in right now because I've been thinking about it all day. So uh, Betty Buckley was in Carrie as the gym teacher, right? Yes. She was in Carrie the Musical in 1988 on yes. the Broadway 
playing yes. Carrie's mom. <laughs> I love that factoid. That is amazing. This is also after she originated Grizabella on Cats yes. on Broadway. Well, so the so- movie the movies first then cats and then care and then carry the musical right but like i forgot she's in this movie i remember john travolta because i'll never forget that but i forget betty buckley's in the movie slapping kids around like (laughs) it was the 70s apparently you were allowed to do that yeah but then in (laughs) the rage the football coach is also abusing them but not physically in a way like he's not touching them yeah that whole drop your pants so I could see if you have a tampon moment I was just like this is cringy yeah they can't make them do that no that was just for the movie right you know what I don't want to give him any more time than we already (laughs) have because it's also the 90s like even the 90s we were less uh aware of how pervasive abuse could be can I just say (laughs) 90s horror is wild. <laughs> it was it was, a, it was a like strange, the wild, wild west. It was like, a strange time for horror movies. They just hadn't figured out, except for that it's all going to be postmodern, they hadn't figured out what the actual trends were. Right, because we had this one, and I was just like, the fashion is wild. <laughs> the, the bullying is insane. Yeah. The, the characters... They're played by actors clearly in their 20s again, but what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I forgot that um, uh, what, what's her butt? The lead of this movie was in Gilmore Girls and I fucking love her on Gilmore Girls. Just <laughs> Francine, a redhead. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's her name's Emily Burgle or something like yes. that? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, I just wanted to get her name on record. Thank you for that. I'm <laughs> I'm bad with names, as we know. Uh, I'm not much better. I, I'm trying. We're all we're all trying to improve here. That's what this podcast is about. So you were calling this a legacy sequel, mm-hmm. and that's because Sue, right? Sue comes up. It, it is a recurring character played by Amy Irving in both movies, and she takes on the narrative role of. Miss Collins, the gym teacher, but she's carrying over this knowledge of Carrie White and everything that had happened to her and how that connects to Rachel. Yeah. Because her name's not Carrie. That's just no. the name of the movie. <laughs> yes. Which mm, I've got some, mm, I've got some, <laughs> I've got, I've got some trivia for that. But here's a, here's a fun trivia that I'm going to drop right now. Apparently, Sissy Spacek was offered a cameo role, uh, but turned it down. However, she, according to this IMDb trivia fact, it says she gave Cat Shape permission to use some of her scenes from Carrie. And I was just like, she doesn't, she doesn't have that power. <laughs> Depending on her contract. Oh, maybe. Because, I, thought it, uh, yeah. I thought it'd be like, she, Cat Shape would have to get permission from Brian De Palma. Oh, uh, I mean, I think you have to get permission from the studio who owns it, but also the actors involved because you're using their likeness. And oh, at least for a movie like, like this, you're using the name Carrie and connecting it back to her character. So if you're also using footage of Sissy Spacek, you're capitalizing on her, even though she didn't get paid to be in the movie. Fair, fair, fair. So, that makes sense now. Yeah, there's like all, when you're using archive footage, when you're using archived footage you have to get permission from a few different places i I believe i'm not sure how it works out all the time welcome to legal talk everyone yeah but here's another question so okay so carrie is what like she's like 16 17 years old so yeah she's a senior so if the movie's supposed to take place in 1976 that what year it was yes so presumably her mom and her bio dad, whatever his name is, hooked up in like, let's say 1960, just for shits and giggles, okay. right? Yeah. So then her dad left. <laughs> and then like 20 years later, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. a little, maybe a little more than 20 years, like 22 23. years. Let's 23 say 23, because that's the distance between uh, Carrie and the rage. 
in like 1983, this guy hooks up with another woman. Another woman. What does he look like? <laughs> How old is he? He's got to be in his, he's got to be pushing 50 at that point. Well, both of the mothers are also women who you could, in very different ways, describe as emotionally and mentally fragile. So it might also just be that he was very good at picking out women to take advantage of. Oh, but then he's, in theory, (laughs) he could be having a franchise of this because, yeah, there could be unknown numbers of Carrie half siblings. Unless he was in jail for 23 years. Yeah. Or 20 (laughs) years or whatever. He he probably is just like, no condom. Let's fuck everyone telekinesis for everyone telekinesis Um, babies (laughs) which also i love that uh sue snell came up with the theory that oh whatever causes telekinesis it's passed down by the male you know this from one person that is not enough of a sample to say it's passed down through the male it was just passed down through this individual he might have had any other thing that allowed him to pass down telekinesis i just love also the that Carrie was looking up miracles in a card catalog in the library and then yeah. found books with the t- with miracles in the title. And I was just like, what is happening here? <laughs> I mean, I get it. We had to get to her to find out the word telekinesis. Yeah. These movies are weird. Sure I mean, are. I'm going to go on record and say this and you can end the Zoom call if you want to. I don't like a lot of Stephen King adaptations because I don't think Stephen King can write horror very well. It's not that I don't think he can write horror very well. It's that he writes, and and again, your mileage may vary on that. I have not read a ton of Stephen King anyway, so I can't really speak too much to that. But I think that the way he writes is not cinematic. So to make a movie adaptation, you either have to change a lot, which pisses people off, Mm-hmm. Or you make it a faithful adaptation and it's boring because it was not meant to be a movie. It was meant to be a book. They're not the same story styles. Right. They're not I the mean, same medium. So that's what adaptation is, is adapting something to be in a new medium. But people really don't like things when they're quote unquote unfaithful. Because I haven't read Carrie, but I know that the way that it's told is very, very different. Because mm-hmm. like, isn't it like, her uh sue being interrogated it's like snippets of there yeah there's interviews with sue snell there are newspaper articles uh clipped out that describe the events and it's that's the framing story that's the framing narrative so you start off in the story knowing that carrie white did something horrible at prom and then here's another factoid i found on imdb (laughs) rage was also the title of the first novel that stephen king published under his pseudonym richard Bachman, that novel climaxed with a school shooting and after a string of real school shootings, King decided not to allow the book to be published anymore. Interesting mm-hmm. enough, this I'm reading this verbatim. Interesting enough, the sequel was released only one month before Col- the Columbine shooting. So wow, eerie. What it's interesting that like they pulled the title mm-hmm. from another book of his and potentially some other details. Cause it seems like, it seems like, I know it says that the characters are based off of um, his writing, but it seems like it can't just be Sue. Like, I feel like maybe the jocks and Rachel and other people were involved in rage. Yeah. Well, Stephen King, one of his, uh, one of his trademarks is writing horrible bullies there you know what i'm just dropping factoids i I, (laughs) we know we know the what what we're talking about did you know that actors in both movies were in jawbreaker yes and also an actor from the 2013 carrie because judy greer plays miss dejardin oh my god yes the the that's that's the um what's her name chloe grace moritz one right you're talking about yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh, I when I read that fact to it, I was just like, what? I know, that's crazy. I love Jawbreaker. Anyway, um, 
so but outside of like the connection the quote-unquote family connection between Carrie and Rachel um there is a lot that's similar between these two movies but done in a very different way like the method of bullying and even the sort of social types of bullies are really different right because it seems like in Ray in the rage I'm sorry we have to say the rage um it seems like it's a popular group of people, you know, mm-hmm. the quote unquote popular group that go against this one outcast who is like in their mind, I think ruining one of their friends' lives. Is that what the idea is? Yeah, I mean, it starts off with the jocks have, a, and this is like a thing that's based in reality, unfortunately. And it's not just like cool, popular guys who do it. It's a lot of people who do this kind of thing. But they're keeping score of like different girls at their school they can bed. Um, it's on Riverdale, by the way. <laughs> of, of course it was. Of course it was on Riverdale. <laughs> um, so that's where it starts off as. And Mina Savari is one of the girls. And then she commits suicide because she's so upset that the guy she lost her virginity to is not actually interested in her and this is where I get confused so the jocks think that they're going to be in legal trouble if it's found out that one of them hooked up with her but they didn't actually assault her it's from what I can tell it was a completely I'm not saying it was good it was obviously a jerky thing to do to drop someone like this Mm -hmm. but that's not actually like akin to the way that I read it initially before they started the whole statutory thing. Yeah. Um, I read it as like, they didn't want to be associated at all because of their standing, their class, their whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and that see, might would, tarnish their reputation. I would get that if it wasn't like, I if like they actually, actually killed the person you mean. Right. Or, or if they, if one of their pranks directly led to her accidentally dying or something like that, um, yeah. like, like something that they would actually be interested in covering up um, because what they did horrible, like I'm not condoning it. I'm like, it is a, a horribly immoral thing to do and it does constitute bullying, but it doesn't constitute assault and it could get them in trouble at school, but it wouldn't necessarily get them trouble with the law. And they seemed very concerned that they were going to be, that they were all going to be arrested for rape. And Right. It was, I was just like, you guys are trying a little too much. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It feels like they wanted them to do something much more horrible in an earlier version of the script and then rewrote it to make it softer, but didn't rewrite the reaction to it. Because like, at least the logic in Carrie, in any version of Carrie, yeah. Be it the 76 one, the 2002 one, the Chloe Grace Moretz one. It makes sense because, you know, the girls were bullying Carrie mm-hmm. because, Car- I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Being 16, 17, 18 years old and getting your first period must be traumatizing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no matter, I mean, no matter what age you are, even right. if you have sexual education about what a period is, it must be like, Oh, it's terrifying. It's a major change to your body. But on top of that, Carrie White has never even heard that this was possible. Yeah. Like she genuinely thinks she's bleeding to death for no reason. So like the girls who are bullying Carrie, getting in trouble by the coach Mm -hmm. or gym teacher, whatever her title is actually, (laughs) um, to then have Chris be like, yeah, to, basically for Chris to be angry at the fact that she's punished. And so the person she wants to take it out on is Carrie White because she blames her for it. It makes it, logical sense. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it tracks for that character and everything that led up to that point. And does, I think, go ahead. Does she take it too far? Yes. But oh, absolutely. It logically makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it makes sense for the character. It, it's, it tracks with everything else that she does and says throughout the movie. Um, and another thing that I really like about Carrie and the way it portrays bullying, I, I do think it gets the heart of just sort of the mob mentality that can overtake people who normally wouldn't do that kind of thing. 
um, mm. because it's all of the girls. And yeah, a lot of them are obviously Norma and Chris are just fucking monsters and always are. But Sue Snell is ultimately a good person. And it, it's just she got caught up in the moment and she was like just joining in with everyone else. And I think it does really sort of portray how much, especially in a case where somebody is bullied all the time, that you could be contributing without even being conscious of it. And poor Tommy Ross. Poor Tommy Ross. He's a good boy. I w- and, and like I was watching this one and I forgot how like sweet he was. Yeah. And 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 like I know I know that like it's under false pretenses and everything. Right. The fact and, that they're there and he's ki- he's technically cheating on Snoo on Snoo. No. Snoo. Snoo Snell <laughs> by kissing because he does kiss Carrie. He does. A couple of times. And yeah. like that is like a little cheating. Yeah. But, but I mean, also he an wants argument- her to have the night of her life. Right. But in this version, you could infer that maybe he actually is starting to fall for Carrie himself. Like he's and like, having a fun time. And right. Like, yeah. Oh. And, and he's like, oh, she's actually, you know, she's a little awkward, but she's a nice person and, and she's good to talk to and like yes. sort of getting swept up in the emotion of the moment. He's not obviously not perfect, but he's ultimately a nice boy who didn't deserve to be killed by a bucket. No. And then burned. Oh, um, you know, you know, he got caught up in yeah. that fire. Absolutely. Uh, and, and like also the fact that like they kept it up in the sequel, like what the fuck? <laughs> they kept the built the room, the remains. <laughs> they never, for over 20 years, it's just here's the ruins of the old high school. Can I just say too, I know that we're calling we're calling it a legacy sequel, but like it really did feel like the rage, the best I can describe it as is like Prom Night 2, where it was its own mm. script. And then somebody throughout like, be it the pre-production or production period or even post-production was just yeah. like, this is similar to Carrie. <laughs> Let's just slap Carrie on it. We'll, we'll slap Carrie on. We'll do some reshoot, reshoots to say you know her what? name. No, that makes sense because basically any reference to the original Carrie is like with a scene with Amy Irving. Those all could have been reshoots or, right. or like added very, very late. Yes. It's very different. Yes, there are similarities that like we could be like the abusive parents or, you know, the, yeah. the false friendship or whatever. But it has different yeah. vibes. Well, even like one of the major themes in Carrie is, I don't even want to say religion because technically a lot of what she says is wrong, even by theology. Um, but like the- the Spirituality. Beliefs, well, just like the strict Puritanism of Margaret White is such a major theme in Carrie. And there's like nothing in the rage that has anything to do with religion. Besides the mom praying, but like yeah. that's it. Yeah. And And like, like, even like the, you know, the tattoo thing, there's nothing similar to that in Carrie. That was just like, oh, what if we, what if she had a tattoo and it grew over her body when she used her powers? The other thing too is like, I want to call Carrie the, this one that we watched, not any other one. I feel like it's more of a drama and then it turns into a horror movie. Whereas mm. the rage is like, we're 90s horror. Roar. <laughs> Here's some industrial metal. Some industrial metal and, <laughs> and some weird black and the black and white shots. I don't. Yeah. I, my best guess is that that was them trying to do their own spin on when everything goes red in Carrie. But I just I don't, it doesn't, it no. doesn't happen every time she uses her telekinesis. It only happened when she broke. Um, no, but I, I can't even remember where I first heard this and I wish I could remember so I could credit that person, but I remember somebody describing the original Carrie as being directed like it's an operatic melodrama instead of a horror movie for the most part. Yes, I because, can see that. And that sort of lends it to being more of a tragedy than a straightforward horror movie because there are so many moments, especially at prom when she's dancing with Tommy, where it's like, wait, maybe they're going to make it. Like maybe she's going to break free from her mother's influence and have a happy, somewhat normal life. And then it's all ripped away from her. Because like, isn't Carrie White considered like a horror icon in a way? Oh, yeah. 
But like, I wouldn't consider her an, a horror icon because like she's, yes, she murdered people, but like that was a side effect of her being bully. And she's definitely the protagonist of this movie. Well, yeah, like, but you can have villain protagonists. Right, but I don't think, I, I just think she's, this is her lashing out in a way. Well, and it's, yeah, but isn't that with a lot of horror villains, that's them lashing out from some, like Pamela Voorhees was lashing out because of past trauma, but she's still a villain. She bought a car with that paycheck. What? <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like, I don't know. There's something, I felt a little sympathy for her. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's that's like kind of the whole idea. She is a monster, but she's a monster you cry for. Mm -hmm. She's Uh, not like the Jasons or the Freddies. Right. You're 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 rooting for her until it's just taken too far, and you know you almost don't even think about the fact that she killed a lot of people who never did anything to her. I didn't feel that way for Rachel, though. I felt that way for Sissy Spacek. No. Uh, yeah, the character work in The Rage. There's character work? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, don't get me wrong. Love her on Gilmore Girls. Right. I mean, she, Emily Burgle? Emily Burgle. I think that's how you say it. I feel like she was trying. It's just that some of the people that she had scenes with didn't give her anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Like Jason London, who plays Jesse. I was just like, <laughs> are you, are we trying to emote anything? And the thing is, I've seen both of the London twins in movies where they, they did things and they, they put on performances. So, and they were like, and, and like also Zachary Ty Bryan, like so one dimensional. He was the, the one that actually hooked up with me, Mina Savari. He was on Home oh, Improvement. Oh, Home Improvement. Okay. Yes. <laughs> He's the, the oldest home improvement, the elder. Yes, the elder one. <laughs> it felt like current CW, this one. Yeah. <laughs> where, where everyone was in a type. Yeah. Meanwhile. Well, even, what, what, what was, I guess, the WB at the time was the hot teen network. Oh, true. Meanwhile, Carrie, though, like, Sue is definitely the bad girl. And uh, not Sue. Uh, Chris. Chris yeah. is definitely the bad girl, and Sue. And, but like, she's a little more complex. Like, they're a little yeah. more complex in their personality types. You could sort of see them because they're acting. They're like doing real acting, which is them. What I know, right? <laughs> Where you can actually see them thinking about things before they say them, and starting to plan things and putting things together in what fits their worldview, God and not bless so much Piper Lori. Oh my God. Oh, John, I got things to say about Piper Laurie. In Are they good things? things? Yes. Okay. We, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, what, what did we miss? There's a nice jock in both movies. We talked a lot about Tommy mm-hmm. Ross. Uh, and I guess Jesse is. I mean, he is a nice jock. He does he, go against. I feel like, though, the toxic masculinity yeah. is a bigger part of the story that is the rage carry too. Oh, absolutely. Because most of the bullies uh, in Carrie, the ones actively bullying Carrie are women, are other girls. And you know, you got Billy Nolan, who's obviously like a bad guy and everything. And we see him hit his girlfriend twice and yell at her and threaten her. Which... Is that John Travolta? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other guy too, who is plotting with them, but he's yeah. kind of like the... He's like Funny the muscle. Guy. Yeah, he's like kind of just there because they need another guy. Um, and Nora, is that PJ? Norma. Norma. Yeah. Nor- and, and like Norma, like it would have been too easy if there were just like one of them is a cheerleader or both of them are cheerleaders. And I would yeah. be like, okay, we're, but that's a more modern thing, I think. Yeah, I think so. The only one we know for sure, the only character we know for sure who participates in any school sports is Tommy Ross. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even that's a throwaway line that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with his social standing. Question. Yes. So Tommy Ross's friends, they and uh, Betty Buckley, mm-hmm. they are seen at the end in the kaleidoscope of images with Piper Laurie saying, they're all going to laugh at you. They are laughing. 
are they really laughing or is that happening in Carrie's mind? That's open to interpretation. I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I did uh, find some stuff for that. Uh, Drop a factoid! <laughs> so that is open to interpretation, but Brian De Palma has said that it's all in Carrie's mind. And in the novel, um, it's written that a lot of people did laugh at her, but that they did it as a reaction of shock and not because they were actually laughing at her. Oh, right. It's the church giggles. Yeah. It's, oh my God, I don't know how to react. Laughter is the only thing. Because like when the other couple that Carrie and Tommy are with, yeah, they're remember their names, but like you see them laughing. Right. And they were with Norma. nice to her before that happened. But then after the kaleidoscope montage, they go uh, that you see them leaving or trying to leave. And it's like, well, did they laugh or did they not laugh? And like we, yeah. uh, Betty Buckley, you know, this whole movie after she slapped Carrie and was like, <laughs> oh, you don't know what your period is like her. Her character shifted as much as Sue's did. Yeah. And so I was like, she's not laughing. This is in her mind. Yeah. For her. I couldn't tell for the other people, though. Oh, no, I think uh, I think the shots where you just see Norma and one of the other guys who was helping them out laughing. Mm -hmm. I think that is the reality. And maybe that's how I interpret it. And that's how Brian De Palma says it's supposed to be interpreted. Yeah. And then like the uh, like the other students are the church giggles. Mm hmm. Or. Yeah. The unnamed ones, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is as a major difference that I think is another thing that makes Carrie more potent than the rage, which is that Carrie does not have any friends at all. Rachel has her friend who kills herself in the beginning, oh. but she also has a group of friends that she hangs out with at school. Uh, like that, there's that one like kind of- Oh, Eddie K. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, like you see her with a group of people they're not necessarily like obviously her best friend just killed herself so you don't she's grieving that but otherwise she does have an actual support system at school and Carrie is completely isolated she has absolutely no one in her life and then Miss Gardner has an inappropriate <laughs> friendship <laughs> with her Collins uh, Collins sorry Miss Collins <laughs> yeah it's Gardner in the musical, Desjardins in the book, and in the other two movies. Collins in this movie. That's so weird. I know. <laughs> That's so weird. Anyway, when, when Riverdale did Carrie... <laughs> But they use Miss Gardner, right? Yes, because that's the okay. musical. You can listen to it on my other <laughs> podcast, Life's But a Song. Ooh, uh, plug. <laughs> I'm ready to do some special features if you are. Yeah, I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. Special features. to special features this is the part of the podcast where john and i each took a movie before we recorded and did a little extra research on the background try to pick up some trivia facts we're gonna try to blow each other's minds as much as we can i don't know how much i can do that with carrie but john had the rage so i'm sure he's gonna say something that's gonna at least surprise me yes maybe <laughs> uh but i had carrie which came out first so i will go first Okay, so when Brian De Palma was casting the movie and heard that Sissy Spacek was interested in playing Carrie, he at first refused to see her in an audition because he thought she was way too pretty to ever play Carrie. The thing is, Sissy Spacek's husband uh, was actually the production designer on the movie. He was work already working on the movie and working with uh, De Palma during the audition process. And so he kept sort of needling De Palma for at least an audition. And so De Palma finally gave in, said, all right, I'll, you're my buddy. I'll give your wife an audition. Uh, she came to the audition having not washed her face in like five days. And she put Vaseline in her hair and, oh, she, shit. and she dressed down. And that's what convinced Brian De Palma, okay, we can make her homely. Um, so that's a huge part of what got her the role in the movie. Um, she has such big eyes at the I end. Know, I know. I think that was another thing too, was he finally realized like, oh, not only it, can we make her homely and then dress her up to have the transformation, her little Cinderella moment, but also she can like 
do the stare. But like she did, I mean, she does have a Cinderella moment, but it's not like a she's all that where they take. Oh, no, she's hot. No, she's it's not that right. She's only in a way. Right. It's just like, oh, it's nice to see Carrie White washed her hair. Yes. And put on a little makeup. Right. It's not like, oh, wow. I didn't know we went to school with a supermodel. <laughs> um, Sissy Spacek at the time of filming was, I believe, 25 years old. Nancy Allen, I believe, was 26. All of the other actors playing teenagers in this movie were anywhere between 21 to 29 years old. There is kind of a really good reason for that, though, and that's that there's a lot of nudity in the beginning. Yes. And if they cast actual teenagers, that would have been real fucked up. Super fun fact that yeah. you, prob- you, you probably do know, Chloe Grace Moretz is the only actress to, who was a teenager at the time of filming to play Carrie. I knew that she was also three years younger than Carrie was supposed to be. Oh, they cast younger for once. Yeah, yeah, which is also uh, going off on a tangent on a different Carrie adaptation. I agree with most people that they didn't do enough to actually dress her down and make her look quote unquote ugly in the beginning of the movie. But I really like that they cast somebody too young for that part and then people too old for the other parts because it makes her look that much more vulnerable next to them and smaller and yeah. meeker and everything yeah yeah uh so i thought that was a brilliant casting choice they just should have also made her not look like chloe grace moritz like i agree with you a thousand percent on everything you just said <laughs> i am one i am also one of those people that are like she is still very attractive yeah like i don't know <laughs> put grease in her hair or something. Yeah, like, like oh. that's the thing. Her hair was not necessarily brushed, but it was still like, but she's been washing it. This yeah. is somebody who, like part and, of the thing. And washing her face and everything. You're like, yeah, you couldn't on. give her like, just make her look a little oily, whatever. Have her grow some pimples. Exactly. She was the right age to be growing pimples. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back on to 76 though. Anyway. This was a huge feather in the cap of Brian De Palma, though, because at this point he had done mostly movies that either very much underperformed, like Phantom of the Paradise, or movies that were sort of considered hits, but not exactly broad appeal hits. This movie made like 15 times its budget back. It was a monster hit. Um, It got nominated for two Academy Awards for Sissy Spacek and uh, Piper Laurie. Um, uh, I mean, for, su- for um, best actress and best supporting. Yes, they both lost to uh, actresses from Network, which I mean, if you've never seen Network, fucking great movie. It's not a surprise that that swept the Oscars that year. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this was like huge in terms of horror movies, uh, huge in terms of any movie of this budget because i think the budget was only like two million dollars which for 76 was low that's all i mean that's also still no no like laughing matter either like in 1976 money yeah um but it's not like a 10 million dollar movie in 1976 right no it was a studio budget but it was on the lower end considering that they did have you know a few known actors piper laurie came out of retirement to be in this movie um travolta was not big yet because this was before saturday night fever but he was doing welcome back cotter at the time and he'd been on broadway already so he was greece was about to come out too, it feels yeah like. yeah i think this is a year before uh saturday night fever and two years before greece if i'm remembering correctly sounds right um amy irving was an established actress at the time and actually her mother priscilla pointer was actually was also an actress and brian de palma cast her as mrs snell because he wanted especially for that ending he wanted people to really feel the mother-daughter relationship there in contrast to carrie and margaret white Um, And if you listen carefully, when Mrs. Snell is comforting Sue after she wakes up from her nightmare, she accidentally says Amy instead of Sue. Um, Yeah. So here's another big, big thing that this movie was super influential for was that ending scene, because at the time, that was not a thing that American horror movies did was a big jump scare at the end. It was a fake out. Right. 
So, and I talked to my dad, my mom and my dad about seeing this movie at the time. And they were both like, that was the scariest thing. And nobody was expecting that kind of ending. And it's not really as potent now because most horror movies do have an ending like that now. But that well, was- This is even before Halloween, right? Yes, this is two years before Halloween. Cause yeah, cause that one, not as scary. It's still leaving, like you said, a cliffhanger for yeah. a sequel or something. And, you know, you had stuff like in the 1950s, there were a lot of cheesy B horror movies that would end with like the end question mark. And that was like, (laughs) oh, maybe the monster's not dead. That was like the closest you got to a scare right before the end credits. So that like really left an impact on people that this scare happened, especially because that's not how the book ends. No. That's something they invented for the movie. We're um, not going to spoil the book. <laughs> Never. Never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also love this. I love Sissy Spacek for this. Uh, they were going to use a body double stunt woman to do the hand at the end because they had to actually bury the person who was doing it inside a box under the rubble. And Sissy Spacek insisted that it had to be her hand. So Brian's oh. a- Brian De Palma made her husband do the burying because he was like, I'm not going to bury her. Um, I mean, it's also his job. He was going to be the one burying the person anyway. <laughs> so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, oh man, there's so much I could talk about with this movie. There's so much. Well, you had something about more. Piper Laurie you said that you yeah. wanted to hold off on. Yeah, I'm going to end with that. Um, I just want to say if you really love movies and especially horror movies, definitely look up trivia on Carrie because just the making of the movie is really interesting and fascinating and its legacy is so strong. But my favorite thing of the trivia that I read was that Piper Laurie was convinced that the movie was a comedy. Are you serious? She read the script and she, she, all of the Margaret White dialogue was so over the top for her. And I read like specifically the Dirty Pillows line convinced her that it must have been a comedy. So she played it as a comedy. That's interesting. Cause I don't see that. I mean, it's all about, it's just her doing it. Sissy Spacek is still playing it like a horror movie. It's still directed and shot and edited like a horror movie. So there's just something about it that, her think, viewing it as a comedy made her go over the top. And Brian De Palma was like, well, I'm not going to correct her because this is what I want. Oh, I was going to ask, be like, do you think somebody was just like, hey, Piper, <laughs> like, like a few, a few days, a few weeks and be like, Piper, you know, it's a horror, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure even after she saw the movie, she was like, that was hilarious. Like she was still convinced years after the movie was made that it was, um, <laughs> that it was a comedy. Oh, real quick, I wanna also tie in, cause you mentioned Halloween, PJ Souls uh, as Norma, John Carpenter saw this movie and, conv- and that's what convinced him to cast her in Halloween. Doesn't she also wear a hat in that one? She doesn't, but okay. So the hat was her idea. She showed up to the audition in the hat. Brian De Palma loved it and said, so your character's thing is wear the hat the whole time. It was also a much smaller part in the original script. And because he loved her and her hat so much, he expanded the role. So like she wasn't supposed to be in on the prank originally. That was supposed to just be Chris. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and and Billy. What was I gonna say? Okay, uh, the 2002 made-for-TV Carrie, Catherine Isabel plays a character named Tina who takes over the role of Norma. She's essentially the same role, just a different name. And a year after that, she played Gid in Freddy versus Jason. And they give her a red hat to wear in that movie because she had previously played the same role as PJ Souls. Well, I believe in the <laughs> I believe in the Chloe Grace Moretz version, there is a girl wearing a hat mm. as part of it. But also, I can't speak for the original Broadway production, but in the <laughs> revival off-Broadway reboot? The good one? The, one the that good people, one. The, pe- the one that people liked. Okay. There was definitely a character wearing a hat in that. Amazing. And then Amazing. also in the Riverdale episode, Tony wears a hat whenever she's it, on stage in the play. So incredible. There we go. PJ I, Souls. I thank, want that hat with the. Thank the you cloud. for your service. Yeah. <laughs> I love PJ Souls. If you ever want me back on your other podcast, John, by the way, Rock and Roll High School is one I would definitely be interested in. We'll talk. 
Okay. <laughs> um, so if you want to read the IMDb on the Rage Carry 2, there are six car facts, facts <laughs> on it. Um, most of the actors were in their 20s playing high school students. Um, Zachary Ty Bryan, Eddie K. Thomas, and Mina Suvari were all teenagers when the film was made. Oh, oh yeah, I guess this is before American Beauty. So Mina Savari must have been real young. Yeah, but this was also American Pie. No, was American Pie 2001? I think American Pie, American Pie was after this, definitely. Because that was definitely after American Beauty. She's in a lot of movies with American in the title. Well, Eddie K. Thomas is in American Pie as well. Who's, hi, I'm, who is he in American Pie? He's the, the, um, the one that sleeps with Stifler's mom. Oh my God, you're right. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, Shady. Oh. I just remember the kid from uh, Rookie of the Year being in it. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) The name of the insane asylum is Arkham, which is, which they say is a reference to a town in the works of H.P. Lovecraft. And then also the name of the asylum in the Batman comics of the sit of yeah. similar tribute. <laughs> wow. Mm. That, I read that I, one verbatim, by the way. Wow, thank you. So that's interesting that they're citing both. It's definitely used for the asylum in Batman because of HP Lovecraft. Maybe. Who knows? But I don't I don't know which one this movie's pulling from. <laughs> Batman. Obviously. Arkham Asylum? Come I know. On. <laughs> it's the only thing I thought of. I was like, oh, wow, Poison Ivy's about to show up. <laughs> uh, uh, the character Arnie, Rachel's friend, speaking of Eddie K. Thomas, uh, is a direct reference to Stephen King's novel-turned-movie Christine, in which the lead character is a nerdy guy named Arnie. Oh, that's a not- I think the movie of that starred Travolta, didn't it? I don't remember. I've never seen um, it. It's the killer car movie. That's all I know. This is Emily Burgle's first cinematic appearance. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so other fun fact that is not on the IMDb trivia. The woman who plays Monica, Rachel Blanchard, mm-hmm. she was in the Clueless TV show. Yeah, she was Cher. Yes. Um, and also, I looked it up. Raphael Moru, who wrote the screenplay for this hasn't written anything really since Mm. he he is credited as story editor on the lone gunman that which happened in 2001 it's a t it's a it's like a nine episode tv show but like he wrote hackers and the rage carry two and that's it wow hack the world yes Or hack the planet, whatever the line is. <laughs> Where's the really, there's a really stupid one that I think you will, you'll just laugh. We're basically, okay. So basically there is a fact on here. I'm not going to find it. Oh, no. Okay. So there's a fact on here somewhere that talks about, oh, here it is. Several character names were inspired by the show Friends. Rachel Lang, Monica Jones, and Mark Bing. Oh my God. I didn't put the counterpart because we all know what the, the, the counterpart is, but that was so stupid. And I was just like, are we sure? Like, <laughs> I mean, if there was- I mean, Bing, there, Bing's not exactly a common. Bing isn't, but like, if it was, if there was, you know, Phoebe and yeah. and like a Joey somewhere, I'd be like, there's, this is yeah, a little- At least a, a Tribbiani. A tribute like, or, or a Ross. Yeah. I thought it was just Rachel because Rachel Rage. Oh. She's, it's the ah. Rach Rage. No, she's <laughs> named after Rachel Green. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes so much, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> but do you want to know the cars that they were using? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew the make of the car that's driving backwards at the end of the original carry. <laughs> if you look in the background they shot that backwards and had amy irving walk backwards and then they just rewound right it. uh so if you look they did the a lot of they did a lot of different things in that movie where there's, there's that a lot of there's the split screen 
they sped up two lines of dialogue. Yeah, they were doing all kinds of... uh, Brian De Palma was trying things. Brian De Palma, I think, was trying a lot of cocaine. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And that's part of why I love that movie, to be honest. And Um, I think I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Great. Then we will move right along into final thoughts. Could it be the ladies me? I never dreamed someone like you could want someone like me. Now, in this section, you might have guessed from the name of it, we are sharing our final thoughts on these movies. Um, first question, can we think of other movies like these? Besides the remakes? Besides the two other carries and the musical and the TV adaptation of the musical. You know what, Shady? You did the work. I'm going to let you say the other titles. because. Oh, okay. Well, my favorite of them. Uh, in 1978, there was a movie called Jennifer. It's about this outcast, bullied teen girl who goes to this very snobby private school and she's a scholarship student. So she gets bullied because she's poor and everybody else is rich. Um, but she also has a father who he's like Southern Baptist or something, but they used to go to like those revival tents. And she, as a young girl did snake handling because she has this ability to control snakes. So when she freaks out at the end and, uh, attacks her bullies, she does it, uh, by sticking a bunch of giant snakes on them. And like, John, when I say giant snakes, I mean, some of these snakes are like as big as a car, (laughs) like their heads. Just chomping down on like, like 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 an anaconda. No, bigger than an anaconda than an anaconda, I think even. Uh, but like oh, also shit. very obviously puppets. It's pretty great. I love that movie. Um, I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I get um, it. I get. I get it. <laughs> I understand you. There's also from a really really bad horror movie from the uh, mid 2000s starring Jenna Dewan called Tamra. And that's about a bullied high school girl who is killed after a prank gone wrong by her bullies, but comes back to life via witchcraft. I've seen this movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And then, you know, Prom Night 2 has somebody who gets set on fire at prom. You're missing one. Superstar. No. Which one am I missing? Oh, my gosh, Jason. Yes. Friday the 13th of the new one. Friday the 13th, part seven, which we've covered before. Ooh. Yeah, the Jason versus Carrie. Yes. Can you think of any others? I <laughs> Not off the top of my head that it's like, I mean, Carrie is referenced a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, nothing like this. Because like, I mean, I feel like there's been a couple of show, like TV shows that has like a Carrie episode, but it's like, instead of, it's like played for jokes or something. I'm thinking of like, I'm I'm sensing like Disney Channel or Nickelodeon did something <laughs> stupid where they kidified it. Probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, moving on. Did we like these movies? Yeah. I will give a two thumbs up to Carrie. The, the rage was fine. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I'm not going to say I liked it. <laughs> That's why I said it was fine. I mean, it did yeah. the job. It was, it did I- a horror movie. I think if it weren't a Carrie movie, I would be more generous towards it. But because they slapped Carrie to Carrie on, on it, there and you're like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's like, all right, it doesn't do something new enough to justify there being another Carrie movie. But it also isn't enough tied back to the original movie to really feel like it lives up to the legacy. Whatever. Uh, would we watch them again? I would watch Carrie again. I would definitely watch Carrie again. I feel like... The rage would be like, uh, I mean, it was on Prime, so whatever. Yeah, it's free. It, it might be like a, a October watch or something. Yeah. It might be on the list, but I, I wouldn't cry if it wasn't on the list. <laughs> You're not missing out. No. Would we recommend no. these movies? I mean, definitely recommend Carrie. Definitely recommend Carrie. I'm going to repeat for the rage. You're not missing out. You're you not missing it. out. But like, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you because you, you do you. Yeah, I mean, if you're curious to see how they attempted, uh, whether you think it's successful or not, but attempted to... The third the third act bloodbath? 
yeah, that 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 bit's not bad. It's a lot that of CGI, not bad, no. but it's not too bad. Uh, and you know, I think they make some interesting points about toxic masculinity. How did that mirror system work to show the image on the TV over like windows? I don't get it. I I've seen this movie at least a dozen times in my life. <laughs> and that is one thing that I'm always just like, how? <laughs> Finally, are these movies the same? I'm, I'm going to say yes. Like, okay. They clearly, once they realized the rage was going to be a Carrie sequel, they just like smacked it against yeah. the, uh, the original script. It was like, yeah. what sticks? <laughs> so... That's yeah. basically, yeah. Story beat for story beat, the same as Carrie, just like it loses a lot of the texture and uh, the themes that make Carrie so good. I feel like also the fact that they, ca- that they cast Sue again. Yeah. If it was stripped of the Carrie name and she was a different actress or same, ca- same actress, different character, who cares? I think, uh, again, I wouldn't judge, uh, no, I probably would say it is the same. Because... Yeah, no, too many of the story beats follow. Um, yeah. And it is trying to be about the same thing, just failing to add enough texture to it to like really make it feel like Rachel is isolated the same way Carrie is. But they are both attempting at least to be about isolation. Yes, yes. So with that, we'll give it a yes. I'm going to give it a yes. Just be like, yes, underline, because it's, it's a little... <laughs> It's a little more declarative than our other wishy-washy answers, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not giving it a soft yes. It's a yes, but missing the themes that make one of them really good. Right, correct. And, and directing style. Like, they, they do both try to be stylized, and I think that's why the rage kind of gets away with some of the more stylized things, because Carrie was um, doing the things like the split screen and the, the kaleidoscope vision and all that. So I mean, it, and the rage does steal the kaleidoscope. From... Yeah. And, and so, like, I think it's sort of justified in going into the black and white thing. I just don't think it works quite the same. And oh my God, there's so many fisheye lenses. But that was the 90s. Yeah. The 90s that was, was, that was, that was the trend of the 90s. It's just, I, half the time I was like, are they making a music video? You know what? That's it. The Rage Carrie 2 is a music video that is imitating the plot of Carrie. <laughs> but it's not a band we're following we're following actors yeah <laughs> it's mistaking you into thinking it's a movie by being very long and having actors instead of musicians it's only what like 10 minutes longer than carrie yeah they're both nice short and sweet i like that yeah yeah anyway let's end the episode <laughs> i was gonna say and on that note we're done we're done Shady, where can the good people find you? The good people can find me at cookieoshady on twitter.com. What kind of dessert are you today, Shady? I want to make a, a red velvet joke because period. Blood. Yeah. Because <laughs> blood, yes. Blood. Pig's blood, period blood, all the blood. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter sometimes at Movies John, and that's John with no age. I also, I know I plugged it earlier, but I'm going to say it again. I have another podcast that Shady has been a guest on numerous times. We did cover when Riverdale did carry the musical. <laughs> it's a musical based podcast where we talk about musical movies and musical TV shows, and it's called Life's But a Song, available everywhere. You're listening to this, and uh, the socials everywhere on everything is at Buttersong Pod. And if you want to email us and talk to us about these movies or answer some questions that we may or may not have, you can. You can email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. That is M-O-V-I-E-D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. I only do this for you. They should know how to spell our email address at this point. It's in the title of the podcast you're listening to. It is, but <laughs> and add pod. But I, I like the little dance that you do. That's why I do it. Thank you. I, um, I, I do the dance for no, I do the dance for me, but I also do it for you. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod, and we're on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. No pod. Why is that shady? 
because it's locked in the closet with the Saint Sebastian crucifix. I know that this is the movie Deja Vu podcast, but for I want to give that figurine a sharp. (laughs) (laughs) And the glowing eyes. What I love it. I love it. And then when I realized that that's the pose that Piper Laurie is, and this is the like my 20th time seeing this movie, I was very upset with myself. But (gasps) it's okay. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, we're sticking to horror, apparently. We're going to be talking about, oh, and they came out in the same year. I don't know which one came first yet. Uh, it, we're talking about Cabin in the Woods versus Detention. Cabin in the Woods came out first. Then I did it right. Yeah. <laughs> Shady. Yeah. It's always, been, it's always fun recording with you. Especially when we're talking about like a horror classic. And movies that we kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, bye for now, everyone. Bye.